If you want the ultimate advantage over your fantasy football league, you need to go to StatRoute.com for the best stats analysis tool available. Compare players based on performance for up to 10 seasons, home and away splits, the opposing team, weather, and more. Sign up today with the promo code SKULLKINGFF to get discounts on their research tool and DFS lineup builder. Again, go to StatRoute.com and enter the promo code SKULLKINGFF for discounts on the only fantasy stats research tool trusted by Skull King Football. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot and I am so happy to be live with you guys today. Um... I've uh, been doing a few of these lately, uh, just recording them uh, on my own, just due to some uh, some family situations and scheduling. It just it made it easier to just record them when I had the time. Today, I've got the time to do this live, so I wanted to make sure that we got this out there. We're getting closer and closer to draft season, um, You know, moving our way through July. Uh, NFL camps have started. We are less now less than 50 days away from kickoff of the first game. So uh, very, very exciting times right now for everyone involved with the NFL, fantasy football in general. So um, real quick, we wanted to uh, start off. Uh, we have uh, our draft guide, again, that we have been talking about over and over and over again on the podcast. Uh, our draft guide is up and live. Uh, you can actually go to uh, skulkingfootball.com. Um, and click on the you know 2019 draft guide, and you can click one of the two options on which one you want to get. Whether you get the the downloadable P, uh, PDF or you get the web version that's constantly been updated, we are actually adding um, a new article to the web version, um, a, a kind of a specific article on Tyler Lockett and how um, you know his his stats from this last year and how he's going to uh, project into the 2019 season. But I want to share with you guys, we've actually gotten uh, a f quite a few uh, reviews of the draft guide and just wanted to share a couple with those with you. Um, the last uh, the last couple that we got, um, a review from Kareem, thorough analysis, great thought-provoking feature articles. Every serious fantasy football fan should read this in preparation for their drafts. Kareem, thank you for that great review. He gave us a five, five stars. And then Tyson also gave us five stars uh, on the review of the PDF. Uh, I don't trust, he goes, I don't trust anyone with my pre, or just, I don't trust just anyone with my pre-draft prep, but these guys are amazing. Can't wait to see the rest of the stuff that they put out this season. It's worth every penny. Again, guys, I want to thank you so much for, for doing these reviews. Um, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we hope that you guys uh, all find it as helpful uh, as, as the, you know, four reviews that we've got up so far. Um, and so, like I said, we've got rankings. We've got I've got three different 15-page articles in there that are going through pick by pick uh, through the ADPs, uh, whether it's a 10, 12, or 14-team uh, draft on how to draft, who to kind of avoid, who to. Um, and I even I actually left in there contingencies for Tyreek Hill. So um, 
you know whether he was you know whether you get the draft you whether you get the draft guide and buy the PDF before it's been updated on the web version. Um, I'm going to be going through and, and making those edits now that we know officially that he's not going to be suspended, and we'll get into the more of that later. So, um, another quick announcement: we uh, I will be on the Sports Exchange. That is a it is a um uh, a r- internet radio show on the WEI WEI network. Um, they uh they do uh the Sports Exchange is on Tuesdays and Thursdays from I want to say. I believe it's from five to seven o'clock uh, p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday. That's five and seven, five to seven o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I will be on there Tuesday, uh, July twenty-fifth. So uh, make sure to tune into the Sports Exchange. You can follow them on Facebook at Sports Exchange, and you can also follow them uh, or also read them on the uh, was it I believe it's the South Florida Tribune. Uh, is where is is the the online magazine that's that kind of helps sponsor them. So um, we've had a few rankers uh, from Skull King already go through and redo their rankings a little bit and make some adjustments. I have yet to do that. Uh, I plan on finishing that up this weekend and kind of going through how I'm seeing things are different now that we've you know learned more about a couple of the injuries that we're going to go through here in the news section. Now that we know officially about Tyreek Hill um, and some other things that I'm going to be making adjustments to um, as we go. So that's uh, that's where we're at with uh, some of the announcements. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and hop into today's headlines? Today's headlines. All right. And with today's headlines, we are going to start things off with the the New York Jets, uh, really the only reason I stated I, I put this in here is because I I think it's kind of funny. Uh, Jets head coach Adam Gase says he's emphasizing that Robbie Anderson increase his route variety instead of doing just one to two things. Maybe we can open up five, six, seven things to where he's a threat on multiple levels. Um, a lot of people are picking Robbie Anderson to be kind of that sleeper. Um, I think he happens to be one of the more overrated r- wide receivers in uh, in fantasy football and in the NFL in general. Uh, I happen to think it's funny that you know people are so big on him, and you know partially because DK is a DK Metcalf is a uh, is a rookie. I think everyone's low on him. Well, he can only run one route. Well, according to Adam Gase, every you know a lot of people's you know darling wide receiver that's a possible sleeper candidate this year. Also can only run one or two routes. So just thought that was funny. I think that's the uh, the snarky, um, the snarky uh, Seahawks fan in me. So uh, great news. Alex Smith um, has his huge leg brace coming off um, again. I don't know if he'll ever play again uh, just with how disgusting that injury was. And the multiple infections and surgeries he's had to have since then to take the infections out. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely hoping that he is able to to get back to at least at least just being able to walk regular again, just just to have a normal uh, 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 back to where he used to be. So, um, let me see what else do we have going on here. Um, sorry, pulling it up there. Ezekiel Elliott has privately said that he is planning a training camp 
holdout. Um, interesting. I know that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of discussion about whether this is going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott. They're, the Cowboys are going to have to figure out whether or not they want to pay Dak and how much. Whether or not and how much they want to pay Amari Cooper. And then they've also got Ezekiel Elliott. Now, really, Elliott has been the foundation of their success the last three years. And so, I think it would be a mis... I mean, I know that running backs are making more and more money as we go. And it's, it's, it's harder to... Well, it may be harder to... to keep um all the uh uh the the salaries under wraps and just and keep them as low as possible if you can go onto the website and go to my article that i did about russell wilson about how his contract is structured there are ways that that the cowboys can structure the um the contracts for these three guys for Elliot for Dak and for and for Cooper I believe still be able to afford all three of them with the way that everything's going with the NFL right now you've got um, all the TV contracts I believe are coming back up in 2022 or 2021 um, you've got the all the streaming um, all the streaming negotiations you know with like Amazon and uh, and those companies, those are lots and lots and lots of money, um, and the 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 contracts have practically been doubling and tripling as we go, and so it's just going to be more money for the NFL that it distributes out to the teams for for salary cap space, anyways. Plus, you've also got gambling becoming legalized and allowing the states to decide. Um, their own rules and their own laws on on gambling on sports. So you have those things too. Because of all this, I think that it's possible for them to possibly afford all three. Again, we'll kind of see how the numbers play out for, for these contracts coming up. But I personally think they should re-sign Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think he really is the cornerstone of that offense. So moving on. Uh, Philip Lindsay says that he is 100%. Um, another thing with, uh, with the, the Denver Broncos is that the Denver Post suggests that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman will form a 50-50 timeshare this season, noting Lindsay hasn't run a single play in front of the new coaching staff while Freeman hogged first-team reps at Broncos OTAs in the minicamp. All right. That was kind of how everything started last year, is they were kind of doing a 50-50 thing, and it just so happened that Lindsay was the better back. Um, he hit the holes faster, was more elusive, was able to just get the job done and ended up running, you know, undrafted running for over a thousand yards. He was honestly, he, he should have been getting more of the carries than he actually was. So we'll see how long this lasts. I mean, I can under, I can understand how the new coaching staff may be a little hesitant, but you know, watch the film from last year. I think the same thing is going to happen this year. If they start 50, 50, I still think it's going to go Philip Lindsay's way. I still think that he is the more, not necessarily the more talented. I've, he may have more determination and more of that chip on his shoulder to be the guy. So, 
Uh, azcardinals.com's Darren Urban expects David Johnson's receiving skills to come back to the forefront under new coach Cliff Kingsbury. There's been a lot of talk, again, about the the Cardinals and whether or not they can um, you know, run a, a high-potency offense. You know, think back to, God, who was it, Chip Kelly at the Eagles. Um, I'm not sure they can do it as, as high as they want to. Um, I've even seen this discussion uh, on Instagram with, uh, God, who was it? I believe it was Yahoo Noise. So it's uh, Brad Evans along with a couple other analysts kind of bantering back and forth on what what their offense could actually look like. And honestly... David Johnson finished as the running back nine in PPR last year and was extremely misutilized for at least the first half of the year when Mike McCoy was the offensive coordinator, using him as a battering ram up the middle when that's never been his game. They didn't have the offensive line to do that. Uh, I think that if Kingsbury is able to use uh, David Johnson more on the outsides, using you know the screen passes, even running him in the slot, I know they did that uh, a bit with him a few years ago, or when he had that big monster season. Um, and so, I think that just getting David Johnson a little bit more involved in the offense in terms of receiving is going to be a huge boost not only for him but also for the Cardinals' offense. So, I like David Johnson this year. Uh, I still think that he, I, I personally have him as the number five, I believe number five or number six running back in PPR to draft this year. So uh, moving on next story that we've got uh, Aaron Jones. So Aaron Jones has missed eight games through two seasons with multiple MCL sprains. And he had a, was a two game suspension, I believe. So the Packers backfield, this someone said the Packers backfield remains worth monitoring behind him. Sixth rounder, Sixth-round pick, Dexter Williams in particular. Uh, I've kind of been saying this a little bit. Um, I like Dexter Williams. Uh, watching his tape, uh, and we are scouting him doing uh, all the player profiles in the preseason or uh, pre-draft. I really liked what he could do. Uh, I think that he would be great in this offense. Aaron Jones missing so much time with the MCLs is, is a worry. Uh, that tends to be something that... Um, I stay away from. Um, right now, I understand that Marlon Mack had some injury issues this last year as well. Right now, the two were practically going back-to-back in drafts, in fantasy drafts. I would take Marlon Mack over Aaron Jones. That's my personal um, my personal preference right now and where we're at there. So um, I personally like Mack over Jones. And so I would be a little bit hesitant to draft Aaron Jones. Yeah, again, I you know knowing about the MCL sprains and everything, and then looking to see what's what's behind him. I, you know, kind of in the back of my mind have Dexter Williams as a possible you know end of the season end of the season sleeper type of guy. So uh, Larry Fitzgerald has been very impressed with the tempo of the new offense in Arizona. Um, who knows? You know, Fitzgerald could come back and have a really solid season again this year too. After a bit of a down year last year. Uh, let's see, where are we going next? There we go. Moving up to these next stories. I had all these picked out. Um, I missed one. Case Keenum, where is it? Yes, Adrian Peterson. 
Uh, talking of the Washington Redskins, we look really good with Case Keenum. Um, I still don't know what's going to be happening with with Haskins. There are a lot of you know, there's a lot of speculation. Is Haskins going to be the starting quarterback? Is it going to be Case Keenum? There's you know you've got the theory that the best way for Haskins to learn is to be is to just be thrown in the fire. The best way for him to learn is to hold a clipboard for the first year. I mean, honestly, who knows at this point? Until we actually can see some game tape, I'm not speculating either way. I just I don't have a sense of which way this one's going to go. Um, I think it could go either way. So I, you know, that's really all I can say. Um, until we see more, I uh, I'm I'm just kind of holding off on this one. And by the way, I still think Adrian Peterson is the running back to own in that offense, and he's being drafted like you know around pick 100 so um emmanuel sanders won't be a full go to open camp however he has uh kind of cleared the uh, the the way and not will not be put on the pup uh, to start out camp so um very good uh, in some case i want to say someone else said um that he is actually looking very very explosive to start off this year so uh the Packers are expected to open camp with a three wide receiver set of Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then uh, the two behind them, Equinemius St. Brown and Jay Kumro, uh, start out with the twos. I mean, really, this was the top three that we were kind of expecting. There was been a, there's been a lot of speculation on who's going to be the real number two. Is it going to be Geronimo Allison? Is it going to be is it going to be MVS? My money right now is just going to start with Geronimo Allison. He may get injured halfway through the season, then MVS steps into that, kind of the way he did last year. Um, so I like Geronimo Allison. If the guy can stay healthy, he could put up monster monster uh, numbers as a wide receiver, too, in that offense. So, um, Let's see. What else did I have? Only a couple more stories here. Uh, Rams Sean McVay says that Todd Gurley is feeling great, uh, according to Pro Football Talk. That's awesome. I still don't trust him as a as a running back. I think I still have him at like running back eleven or twelve right now in my rankings, just because arthritis in the knee is not something to mess with. And it's it is you know it can seriously hamper how he does this year. So I am. I'm not going anywhere near Todd Gurley. I will, and to be right, to be honest, right now, until we find out more, I'm still avoiding Daryl Henderson. Not because I don't think he's going to be the guy. I think Daryl Henderson is going to be a phenomenal running back. I think that he very well this year could take over the job if if Gurley's knee continues to give him problems. The problem is Daryl Henderson right now in ten team draft, ten team leagues. And even some tw- uh, in 12 teams for sure, 12 team drafts for sure, he's going in the eighth round. Uh, right around the eighth and ninth round in 10 team leagues. That's a little too rich for a guy that we're not sure is going to start yet. Um, and so I, I'm i kind of holding off on that one. Again, I, li- I really like what Daryl Henderson could bring to the table, but because of the fact that he is... Uh, that that he is not for sure going to be the starter. He may get a lot of work. Um, I'm still I, that's still a little too rich for me to be paying for Daryl Henderson. 
And uh, to the big news, obviously this well here, the, the semi-minor news. Yesterday, the Eagles agreed to terms with Darren Sproles on a one-year contract. Interesting that he is now um, back with the uh, with the Eagles. Um, so we'll kind of see how that goes. And let's see. I don't think I have anything else there. And last but not least, let's talk about the massive elephant in the room in Tyreek Hill. All right. So as far as Tyreek Hill goes, um, there's so many different ways to go with this. I understand that in terms of his personal life, he may be a scumbag. That's, you know, just evidence points that direction. Whether that's actually true or not, we we don't actually know for sure. But again, that's kind of the direction it points. When it comes to personal opinions about people and fantasy football, please, 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 can we not get on each other's cases about whether or not we'd play someone? Everyone has to choose how to go about designing their roster in the way that they choose. Let that be the case. Uh, honestly, in terms of you know whether or not someone wants to draft Tyreek Hill onto their team and is willing to put aside the personal issues that he has had off the field, if that's enough for you not to want to draft the guy, fine. I have no problem with that. Go for it. You can you can construct your team in a different way. If someone chooses to put aside the stuff that's off the field and still draft someone to put on their team, fine. Let them do that. You don't need to give them crap about it just because they've got a talented player on their team and you don't like the way he is off the field. I understand that. I may get a whole bunch of crap for this, and I don't. I really don't care. I'm, you know, voicing an opinion. I think that people are getting too. Everyone's getting too riled up about too much stuff, and so I'm tired of hearing it. So I'm ranting a little bit. Um, so I mean, as far as Terry Kill goes, in terms of his ranking right now in fantasy drafts. Um, I did one last night. I think he went mid-second round. He's still, as far as ADP goes and rankings in a lot of places, um, still I think they mark him as like the fourth or fifth round. Obviously, that's going to change. Uh, I have, in my rankings right now, I think I had him as the run or as the wide receiver seven in half-point PPR um, and will possibly be moving him up a little bit even more. Now that we know for sure, um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Aha, Adam Ninth. There we go. Um, obviously, he's going to be going up a lot more. Um, we've got a couple guys that still have him ranked. A couple guys that are still bringing down the the consensus in terms of where he is because uh, because of the news. Um, they haven't adjusted since the news came out. So, but overall. Um, of the guys that look like they've actually adjusted their rankings for for Tyreek Hill at this point. Um, sorry, let me pull it up one more time. There it is. 
I think he's ranked number 28 overall in ours, but that's because a couple guys haven't updated their rankings since the news came out. So um, I have him as ninth. One guy's 11th. Uh, we've got three guys that have him as their number seven wide receiver. One guy's five. One guy's four. In terms of uh, how we're ranking him in half-point PPR right now. So, again, I'm probably going to be moving him up in my rankings. And so that's kind of where I'm at with, with Tyreek Hill. If you want to draft him, go ahead and draft him. Forget the noise around you. Um, if you if your goal is to win and you know that Tyree Kill is going to be a tool that'll help you get to the championship at the end of the year, draft him. If you want to have fun playing fantasy football and part of f- having fun with fantasy football is rooting for certain people, and because of that you don't want to root for Tyree Kill, don't draft him. Simple as that. And everyone, stop getting on each other's cases about whether or not he should be drafted or shouldn't be. That's everyone to choose for themselves. Let it go. He's playing. Move on. All right, so that's it for that rant. Now, real quick, I have something I wanted to go over. I've been doing some research uh, uh, on players and been digging into um, next-gen stats on ESPN uh, as well as uh, some other statistics um, compilers and uh, i found some interesting stuff on george kittle i know that some of this has been mentioned uh on other sites uh, we even had an article from uh our tight end one of our tight end writers um from john o'mary again you can look it up you go on to the homepage of skull king fantasy football scroll down to the tight end articles uh near the you know about two-thirds of the way down and the first article there is, Can Kittle Continue the Production in 2019? Uh, written by John Mary. Very good article. He's got some good stats in there. Um, I found some more today in some of my research that further convinces me that Kittle is not going to put up the numbers that he did last year. Um, and here's here's some of the stuff that, uh, that John brought up in his article. Then in nine games with Nate Mullins at QB, Kittle was targeted on 29% of all pass attempts. In the nine games with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, that includes 2017 and 20, and the first couple games, 2018. First, you know, two and three quarters games of 2018. Um, Kittle was only targeted 14% of the time. Now, in the beginning of the year, I want to say going into this season, or going into this past season, I want to say that Kittle was targeted around 20%, 20 to 21%. So it's still much better than it was last year. Again, last year, Kittle was a, Kittle was a rookie. So... I think that um, very interesting. Moving on from there, Kittle led all wide receivers and tight ends in yards after the catch per reception at 10 yards. Um, here's the big thing, though. He finished with a career with a with a was I believe is an all time record single season record for receiving yards for a tight end with 1,377. 870 of those yards came after the catch. That's 63.2% of his yards came after he caught the ball. The closest wide receiver or tight end to that that still had 500 yards after the catch was Juju Smith-Schuster, who only 45% of his yards came after the catch. Now, the, you've, you can look at running but Running backs are a completely different animal because most of the receptions come from the backfield. So a guy may have 600, 600 yards um 650 yards after the catch, but he also has like 625 total receiving yards because 50 of those yards are minus off because he was catching, you know, swing passes out of the backfield. 
But George Kittle put up so much production after the catch, there's no, I cannot see a way that that keeps up. 60% of your, over 60% of your yards coming after the catch. The only other person in the top 20, was it top 20? Or no, I believe it was in the top 10 wide receivers and tight ends to have over 50% of their yards come after the catch was Golden Tate, who had 433 yards of his 795 come after the catch. 54%. The only other guy. And he had half as many yards after the catch as Kittle. Now, the th- other thing to look at is that Kittle's Kittle only had five touchdowns last year. Again, part of that was probably the the you know having Nate Mullins as his quarterback and just the quarterback situation wasn't great. However, even bringing up the 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 touchdowns a little bit, I don't. He's not going to get to thirteen hundred yards again. I would be happy. I think I would be ecstatic if George Kittle got around a thousand yards. I think he's still going to be more in that 950, 950 range, 950 range, and maybe seven or eight touchdowns. I think he comes down a little bit. I don't think he necessarily finishes as the tight end three. I think he'll be more around the tight end five or six. That's kind of where I'm at with George Kittle. So uh, if you want to debate me, you want to argue with me, go ahead in the comments. Go ahead and fire away. I am more than happy to have that discussion with you. Um, let's Again, one more thing. Let's not also, you know, forget that George Kittle was the only consistent receiving option the entire season for the 49ers. They lost their top one to, I want to say, top three running backs. Lost Marquise Goodwin for multiple amounts of time. They lost Dante Pettis for multiple amounts of time. And they lost Pierre Garçon multiple, you know, for much, much this season. He's not even with the team anymore. Kittle was the only consistent guy there. That shouldn't be the case this year, the amount of injuries that they went through. So, all right, I'm done blasting on Kittle. Again, this isn't a, a Seahawk 49er thing. I think he's a phenomenal talent, and it drives me nuts when he plays against us because he's always open. But I am whole, I'm kind of holding back on what uh, my expectations are in terms of his production. I just don't think he can put up the numbers that he did last year. So, all right, well, that is all I have for you here on the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen, to uh, to tune in here on the live stream. Um, and for those of you who are going to be listening to this uh, um, on you know iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to it, make sure to hit that subscribe button, um, like us, give us a rating, review. Um, we look forward to hearing, to reading those and to hearing from you guys again. My name is Ryan Skullrood, and we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.